Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two of the evaluation of liver masses. And I left you last time hanging on tocolnodulaplasia, so let's pick up here. F and H is a lesion most commonly seen in women. At least 20% is quoted as being symptomatic. Reality is very few patients are symptomatic. Occasionally these lesions are large, and that's when patients are symptomatic. It's a benign lesion with no malignant potential, and it's typically considered a response of the liver parenchyma to a pre-existing vascular malformation. It's often seen in association with telangiectasias, hemangiomas, and AV malformations. Now the thing about FNH that's going to allow you to make the diagnosis is that the lesion is very vascular. Now you could say, great, Mets are vascular, hepatoma is vascular, hemangiomas are vascular, but what's unique about this case? Well, you see how vascular the lesion is, but it's homogeneous. And if you look how bright it is, it's very bright, but it's not bright like the, like the aorta, it's bright like the IVC. And the other thing that happens is this lesion becomes isodense very quickly. And look how the lesion's gone. I remember the old days of CT, you would speak about uh, ultrasound would show a 5 cm mass and CT would be negative and you couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, what was going on is in the old days of CT when scanning was slower, most FNHs were isodense by the time you would scan through them. With very fast scanning these days, the lesions are bright when you go through them. So FNH is something we are seeing much more commonly. Now another finding with FNH, and it was actually the first article I ever wrote, was central scars. FNH can have a central scar. What's unique about the scar is that it's vascular and it becomes isodense over late phase imaging. Now it's important to recognize that uh, when you're looking at FNH and you're looking at the fact that these lesions are indeed becoming isodense, that we can say other things become isodense, hepatoma, vascular metastasis, but the lesion has this group of findings hypervascular but homogeneous, not as bright as the aorta, but bright like the cava, and has a central scar. Now, what else is unique about the central scar? If you look at this set of images, what you see is this feeding vessel going right to the center of the lesion. Now, in this case, the vessel is not hypertrophied. Sometimes it's hypertrophied, but a key thing about it, it there's no neovascularity, there's no irregular vascularity. So now we're speaking about a hypervascular lesion, only as bright as the IVC, Best seen early, gone late, central scar early, gone late with a feeding vessel. And you can see in this next example that you have a very vascular lesion right lower quadrant. There's that hypertrophied hepatic artery going right into the lesion which is hanging off the lower portion of the right lobe of the liver. There it is on the venous phase. Central scar, hypervascular, homogeneous. And you could see, you may also see prominent veins. So again, a very important finding. Another example, again, this is a great example, 40-ish-year-old female, hepatoma, what's going on here? Well, look at the lesion, hypervascular, but not bright like the aorta, looks like the cava, central scar, FNH can be multiple, here it is in a coronal display, there's a satellite lesion next to the major lesion, up at about 11 o'clock, and when you do the 3D map, there's that prominent hepatic artery, there's that feeding vessel to the center of the lesion. So FNHs are easy to recognize. Hypervascular lesions, but not that vascular. Central scar, feeding vessel, you got it. And it's just a great example. Case of hemangioma and an FNH. Remember I said they, they occur together? Peripheral enhancement, puddling, hypervascular, and I'll show you a few different images. Go through the MIPS, the puddling, better seen, the homogeneous appearance of FNH, the lack of cirrhosis, just very nice. 
you know, a real good spectrum of images showing you that information. There are a few articles on the subject. There's an article by Mike Federley talking about the anomalous feeding artery and hepatic veins that are draining, that are characteristic of FNH. And there was an article from Hopkins talking about uh, the features of uh, MDCT for FNH, large feeding artery, draining veins, pseudocapsules, central scar, and septations. And it's interesting, the one thing we didn't mention was that enhancement pattern, how it matches the venous structures. And that's something I really didn't think about till later. And you'll see another article on that topic. Now, when I speak about FNH, I often speak about hepatic adenomas. They're kind of put together. Now, hepatic adenomas and FNH at times can look similar. The big issue with hepatic adenomas, of course, is one, that pre-malignant, they can develop into hepatomas, and two, they can spontaneously bleed and cause serious hemoperitoneum. Patients can even bleed to death. They range in size from one to 15 centimeters and can be multiple. Uh, there are multiple, particularly in patients with a glycogen storage disease of liver adenomatosis. They're increased in patients with glycogen storage disease, but more commonly we think about oral contraceptives and anabolic steroids. And I see a number of patients where they get hepatic adenomas due to contraceptive use, stop the oral contraceptives, and um, the lesions disappear. So something to think about. Now, hepatic adenomas are vascular, but they're not as vascular as uh, metastasis. They're not as vascular even as FNH. They may have calcifications within them because they may have previously bled. They can have fat within them. Um, fat is in three types of lesions, angiomyolipomas or lipomas of the liver, hepatoma and hepatic adenoma. Often they present because of the bleeding and once those lesions rupture, you may not see them. You may see the additional lesions. So here's one hypervascular lesion, but now you see blood subcapsular, you see it infrahepatic, you see it by left lobe of liver. So the left lobe of liver lesion had bled and now you have that bleeding there very nicely. Or in this case, right upper quadrant pain, patients may present with symptoms of acute cholecystitis. Well, there's the bleed. Again, could this be hepatoma? Hepatomas can bleed. Hemangiomas is a theory, but doesn't happen. You see this bleeding, you're going to remove the lesion. It's solitary. Theoretically, it could be hepatoma. But even if it's hepatic adenoma, which this indeed was, pre-malignant, solitary, younger patient, out that lesion goes. No difficulty, okay? So that's a lesion to think about. Hepatic adenomas are far less common than FNH in our experience. Now, what about malignancy? So we talk about the big malignancies, primary tumors, hepatoma. We'll focus on that. We won't really go into cholangios much, and I'll speak about metastasis. Hepatoma is the uh, most common primary hepatic malignancy. Its incidence is increasing in the U.S. because of the increase in hepatitis B and hepatitis C infection. There's many different therapies from RF ablation to resection to even transplant, but for untreated HCC, it has survival that basically mirrors pancreatic cancer. There are many ways of looking at hepatoma. If you only could do one phase, the best phase is arterial. With arterial phase, you'll pick up most lesions. If you don't do arterial phase, you'll miss 20 to 30% of lesions. Uh, our optimal protocol is arterial and venous phase imaging. I tend to save delayed phase for difficult cases where I'm uncertain what's going on or suspect a cholangio, and I don't routinely do non-contrast CT, though some people will suggest it as a way of differentiating hepatoma from regenerating nodule in a cirrhotic patient. So it might be something you do. So let's look at some tough cases. This patient, cirrhosis, tips catheter, lesion right lobe of liver. Well, what is that? Could that be hemangioma? 
Well, it has right lobe location, so it's a good location for hemangioma. There's peripheral enhancement, but it's not that puddling I showed you before. But let's say you think it is. Well, one good rule is it's rare to get hemangiomas in cirrhotic livers. Hemangiomas are basically blood pools, and they collapse when you have cirrhosis of the liver. So in that scenario, this probably is not gonna be hemangioma statistically, and so before I call hemangioma, I really gotta be certain about that. But look what happens when you go to 3D. Now you see that lesion, but look at the abnormal vessels feeding the lesion. You can see small vessels going to hemangioma, but they're thin and smooth. They're not like this set of images where the vessels are irregular. That's classic for hepatoma. And time and time again now, with 3D imaging, with MIP, we're able to show, even at 16 slice, abnormal feeding vessels, vascular irregularity, this patient has a hepatoma. Very important finding. And you may see this where the axial images don't show the mass or the mass is indeterminate. The 3D map with MIP is ideal in that scenario. Another case, is that rim enhancement? Well, it is rim enhancement, but it's 360. It's not puddling. It's a cirrhotic liver. That's going to be hepatoma. The rim vascularity will vary. Another example, you're not thinking hemangioma here. That's not puddling. That's peripheral enhancement, 360 in a mass in a cirrhotic liver. Easy diagnosis. Another point to make is with 3D mapping, here's a large liver mass and no great tricks there. It's gonna be, a, it's gonna be hepatoma. But to make the point about neovascularity, and I'll show you a few images. I like the MIP best for looking at neovascularity. It works the easiest. Again, whether you operate on this patient or embolize, whatever therapy you do, this creates a very nice guidance for vascular mapping. The MIP image also shows you very nicely the satellite lesions. This patient's obviously unresectable, but neovascularity, satellite lesions, MIP is ideal. Volume rendering is very helpful, but I think for some of the details, as for the vessels, MIP is faster and indeed easier. And here's the same patient, late phase imaging, just to make the point that hepatomas often have this pseudocapsule. Uh, it's just compressed normal tissue around the lesion, but you can see a good example also of a central scar. Another example, here's a case, again, the liver is irregular and you should recognize the left lobe is big. But what's very impressive about this case is the 3D map. Because look at the neovascularity, look at the small irregular vessels, they're stretched. That's classic hepatoma with neovascularity. Makes it very, very simple to make the diagnosis. There's no mistake in arriving at the diagnosis. So easy to do. So neovascularity shows the aggressiveness of tumors. This may affect the chemotherapy regimen, may affect whether patients get operated on. Remember, we're speaking about CT as a marker for angiogenesis in liver as well as kidney. Very nice example. And here's just one more case. Obviously, large mass. But I want to show you this arterial phase, and here is the washout with venous phase. But I want to show you how you underappreciate the vascularity unless you go to MIP imaging. And look how impressive the vascularity is, all of the corkscrewing of vessels, all the neovascularity. So if you want to really take advantage of CT and evaluation of the liver, you have to be sitting beyond the axial mode. This neovascularity, all of these findings are indeed critical. A couple other examples of hepatoma. I mentioned before they can be very well defined at times, prominent feeding vessel, not a whole lot of difficulty. Again, cirrhotic liver, hypervascular lesion, it's always gonna be hepatoma till proven otherwise. And then here it is on venous phase. 
remember hepatomas most of the time you'll see arterial you'll see venous sometimes you'll only see arterial so arterial is critical and surely arterial is the only time to see neovascularity and I will make the point that sometimes occasionally you'll only see it on venous phase imaging and those are usually the smaller hepatomas but that's uncommon but it can occur now we spoke about hepatomas arising in cirrhotic livers, but that's not always the case. And there was an article looking at hepatomas in non-cirrhotic livers, and this article showed that the tumors were typically larger. They had calcification hemorrhage or fat very commonly, and they were typically hypervascular. Almost all of them were hypervascular. So a very um, sort of different picture in some sense from the routine hepatomas in cirrhotic livers. So you come up with this case, and what do you think? Well, hypervascular lesion, central scar, which measures fat. Remember I said large vascular lesions. Fat can be present. Patient was biopsy, was hepatoma. The patient was sent to Hopkins for surgery. You can see the 3D map shows the mass against the IVC. The patient was young, and so the surgeon decided to operate. 12 hours later, the patient made it. The surgeon barely made it. Path intraoperatively was hepatoma. Well, remember I mentioned about fat before there were three lesions? Well, guess what happened in this case? Although the initial diagnosis was hepatoma, three days later it became an angiomyolipoma. And what happens is, if you biopsy through the fat, the pathologist will see abnormal vessels and read it as hepatoma. Unless you really make the point that this could be a fatty tumor, then they'll read it correctly. And these are unusual cases, but I've seen about a half a dozen of them as opposed to the routine lipomas, which are more common in patients with tuberous sclerosis, where you have no difficulty, simple fatty lesions. What else? Regenerating nodules. Regenerating nodules, uh, there's a wide categorization of these lesions. There's a lot we can speak about, but let me just make a couple easy points. One is hypervascular lesions. This patient has Bacchiari. How do you know it's not metastasis? How do you know it's not hepatoma? How do you know it's not regenerating nodules? can be very difficult. You can biopsy it, small lesions, patients' coags aren't that good, you can do MR, again, they always have the same problem. Here it is on washout. Well, I just want you to look at one thing. You see the lesions on venous phase, but they're not as well defined, but look what happens when you put the lesions side by side. When you go from arterial to venous phase, the lesions in fact get larger. Now, lesions typically do not get larger. Lesions typically get smaller with time or stay the same. There's no lesion that becomes larger. The only lesion I can think of that does that is regenerating nodules. So I have a very good rule. If you see vascular lesions in a cirrhotic liver or you see it with Bacchiari especially and they're getting larger with time, you better think regenerating nodules. And that indeed can be very helpful. Last thing we'll talk about, a metastasis. But um, why don't we just do that next time? And with that, I'm ending part two, and see you back around for part three. Thanks a lot.